I'm glad to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Let's go ahead and begin. We are starting this morning at 10.30 and we're going to be done quickly. And then we're going to come back tonight and have a time of worship. So if you can be here tonight at uh, 6, 6 o'clock, be here at 6. I'm sure that you can watch it online and, and a lot of people won't probably, uh, and I, I guess I'm talking to myself, I, I can be at home and I can worship God, but I'm watching it on TV or on my computer or on my phone. It's not the same. The electricity of being in the room, being with people, it, it's so important. Now this morning, uh, before I begin, I want to pray in about 30 seconds and just kind of kind of introduce this prayer and what we're praying about is, you know, we, we are people of faith. How many people of faith are here this morning? Good. Me too. Me too. So we know we're, we're, we, we talk about continually, you know, the favor of God on us and walking by faith and, and, and you know, the allowing to walk by faith, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to you, to encourage you because we live in a world it, come on, it just doesn't get that. And they're not expected to get that, but we're expected to get that. And, you know, there, there's something about a person that is a follower of Christ, not just a Christian in name only, but a doer of the Word of God. Uh, a person that actually is in the world to actually do the stuff. You know what I mean? Come on now. If we're called to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, then can we, can we do it? Can we? You know, the, the song that we sang, The Reckless Love of God, and it says, it'll chase you down. Some of us need to quit running so fast. <laughs> you know, we're running away. Let God's endless love catch up with you. Now, now here, here's what I'm going to pray about. As, as we get into, we're in a series called The Vortex, and that is dealing with emotions that try to draw us in, try to drag us in. Kind of like the hurricane or a, a tornado, the vortex. It, we're, we're believers. We're, we're children of God, children of a king, the king. Now, now watch this. If, you know, I, let me put it this way. If you ever watch a western, the guys that wear, you know, the white hat, you know, and the old, old black and white, they wore the white hat so it would stand out. They're the good guy. They have on the good guy uniform. If you've ever watched uh, that, the movies, the theologian, what's his name? John Wayne? <laughs> Charles Custom. Have you ever noticed that he is, in, in that character, he is tough? And, and I remember one time he's bringing in these criminals and a posse rides out and they're going to they're gonna take the criminal away and they're going to do their own justice and John Wayne rides in and goes, get out of my way. And he just rides right through them. Yeah. Nobody would dare. Come on, John Lucky. But see, as a believer, what we're put into that place of walking in love, not, not by sight, because if we go by sight, what we're going to be talking about today <laughs> When Lisa says, this word is for you, I said, amen, it's for me. You're going to have to choose if it's for you. 
The emotion we're talking about today is anger. That's why we're going to start by praying this morning. But you love your pastor. Amen. Amen. Confess it out of your mouth right now. And here's where we're going is if we're believers, if we're put in the middle of a world that is not loving, then we have to be doers of the Do you realize what I'm saying? When, when, when there's an argument going on in it, sometimes it's easy for us to get in the middle of it because it doesn't affect us. We don't have the opinion that's different from either one of those people. But when you enter into a situation like that, oh, you have a strong opinion. Well, let's go a little bit deeper because we're going to pray in a minute, I told you. Political opinion? Oh, now he had to do that. Uh-uh. He had to go there. Aren't you glad? That, now, I don't want to ask that. I was going to say, aren't you glad that they don't put electric to the, the microphone? <laughs> Shock him again, George. Okay, let's pray because where we're going could be offensive to some people, but it is life-changing. That's not a hyperbole. Some of you will get that in a minute. But it's something that really will change your life if you allow the Word of God to deal with you during this time on anger. And here's why. By walking in the, in, in the Spirit where the Holy Spirit can speak to us, when you know the Word of God, He can bring the Word of God back to you. See, a lot of people don't know that God is speaking to... I don't hear... Because if you don't know the word of God, you won't even recognize when God's speaking to you. So when you're called to walk in love, this is a very hard statement to say, how do we handle, how do you, how do I handle anger in our life? And is it controlling us? Is it the master of us? Everybody willing now to go to prayer? All right, let's pray. Father, today as we open up the Word of God and talk on this subject of an emotion, God, we've already chosen who we've given control to, and that is you. You're our Lord. And Father, not only are you our Savior, but God, we've given you Lordship to be able to control, to direct our lives in the way we should go, because God, we know that you have the best for us. And Father, being a part of your family, you will always, through your Holy Spirit living in our lives, nudge us away from self-centeredness. You, you'll, you'll nudge us and encourage us away from the pride that so many times separates us from each other and encourage us to walk in love. And today, God... Before we hear the word of God, we just ask that you would clean us. God, forgive us of what might have happened this morning, even on the way to church. And Father, that we might be able to receive with an open heart the seed, good ground, that we might, God, that we might see a, a, a production produce, come back a hundredfold of what God, your word is planted today in our hearts.
that's and that's what we pray. So be it. Amen. Uh, you, let's let's talk about something that if you're uh, able to drive a car, maybe you don't even have to drive a car. But how how many people? Let's just take a poll. Have ever been a part of road rage? Can I see your hand? Watch watch this video. This guy. It's one of those. This was the moment he knew he messed up. All right, watch this. Bada bing. All right. As they're getting it ready, just go ahead and play it. I'm going to tell you the definition. All right, here it is. He's not done. He's going back to get a piece of pipe. <laughs> he is mad. Okay, let's let's. Uh oh. The moment he did not realize that that guy was a policeman undercover. All right. Here's road rage. Aggressive or angry behavior exhibited by driver. Behaviors include rude and offensive gestures, <laughs> including your number one. You know what I mean? Verbal insults, physical threats, or dangerous driving methods targeted towards another driver or pedestrian in an effort to intimidate or release frustrations. I should have said how many people have been the perpetrator, but I'm not going to. Hopefully you've never done that. You know, two times in, in my life, many times, but two times it was ex oh, over the top. One time I had Brooke and Mark, and they were only about, I don't know, they were young, like seven and younger. <laughs> and and they were in the car, and I was driving to church, and they were staying with me at the church that day. And, and, and I remember I made somebody mad. And he got so mad right before Golden Triangle exit, he took his coffee, rolled down the passenger side window, which his children were sitting, and threw that cup through the car and hit my car. You know what I did? I raised a hallelujah. <laughs> Another time, I was sitting in my little sports car. You remember that? Oh, I still remember that. I tell you what, good thing Mark's engaged because he would always, Dad, can I borrow that? I've got to got a date. Ashley, you know. Okay. But I had this little sports car, and, and the thing about that sports car is I felt like I was sitting in that car about this low to the ground. 
you know? And I remember that I was on the bridge going to my house, crossing the bridge, and there you had traffic stopped. And, and I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to look down at my phone, see what's going on here. And, and really, it was about the length of the building that the cars moved up ahead of me. And I didn't move up, and the guy behind me, ah! you know how you feel? Oh, my goodness. I pulled up, and I, you know, you're, you're down this, so you got to kind of look in the mirror. And he saw me looking in the mirror a little too long. And he got out of his car, and he walked around to the side of my car, and blah, 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 blah. In which my lovely wife, sitting next to me, said, John, I'm so sorry that happened. It was like someone took a pen and went, because I could feel the red coming up. Now, I've been transparent today. Now it's your turn. <laughs> Confession is good for the soul. Whoop, I'm feeling good today. Because both of those times, I want to I, I wanna say that I raised a hallelujah. And I just went, get off of me, anger. Be gone. But have you ever felt anger come on you, the emotion? Now, now let, let's go in in whole picture of what we've been talking about is, you know, the Word of God changes things in our life, and it begins by changing the way that we think. And when we change our thinking, it changes our emotions, which we're talking about, and then it changes our choices, then our habits. If you're not careful, things that are bad will start a habit or things that are good hopefully you'll start a habit and then your character changes and your destiny changes you're, you're in a better spot you're in a better place you're doing the things that the word of God says in your life but here's what I found out is just like throwing a pebble into the pond and there's a ripple effect when somebody does something to you there's a ripple effect that happens in in people's words we're calling them cuss words at you or bad words or just negative things about you or all those, there, there's a lot of stuff, right, in the world that we live in that can start that ripple effect that changes our thinking. And let's just say our emotions, the anger in us begins to rise. Anybody, anybody been there before? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Because I'm not seeing anybody raise their hands but me. Homer said, I bought that one time. I don't raise my hand on anything. <laughs> See, because a lot of times people say, you know, our Pastor, <laughs> I don't get angry. I just get frustrated. You ever hear, heard anybody say that before? Let me tell you that there is no difference. Frustration is just a point of saying, you know what? I'm not going to have rage. Oh, that's too much over the top. I just get frustrated at life and yeah. Now, in the context of this whole series, we've been talking about how when the Pharisees came to Jesus and they tried to trip him up and they tried always trying to question him and you know put him in a spot, then they're going to say this and they're going to say that. They accused him of being really, you know, in disobedience to the oral traditions of what they believed. 
It wasn't the written word of God. It was just the oral traditions. And what they said is, you're not ceremonially washing your hands before you eat, you and your disciples, and you've defiled a person. You've defiled yourself. And in that passage we've been talking about in Matthew chapter 15, verse 18 and 19, what it's saying is, Jesus goes, what? It's not what goes into the man that defiles the man. Can we say amen to that? Or you would be defiled for eating that hamburger last night. But but he says it's not what goes into man, because what goes into man goes out. Can you see that? And it, well, literally, yes, we can see that. But he said it, it's what goes into a man, it's what goes into the heart that comes out of the mouth. It, it's the words that we allow to go into our heart, because in our heart begins to come these evil things. And and he, he listed things like, you know, pretty pretty evil thoughts like murder and adultery and sexual immorality, theft, false testimony and slander. And during the, the whole series that we've been in, we've been we've been talking and, and and stressing how emotions shouldn't take control of our life. They they try to get us in motion and if they're not godly uh, thoughts that go into our life, we can allow those things to go deep and fester. They're like a vortex that pulls us in. And, and nobody nobody wants to be uh, controlled by anger, and nobody around you wants you to be controlled by anger. If you know somebody that is always red hot, you know that it's it's not fun to be around that person because they're so sensitive. They've allowed that to eat them up. Now, I'm ta- there, there's a kind of anger, and every time that you speak against something, someone says, well, there's good good stuff on that. And, and what I call it is crusader anger. You know, when we, we fight or we get upset, we get frustrated, we get angry at things that are happening against humanity or, you know, like civil rights or, or women's rights or, you know, all these different things that you, you people will get to the point of saying, no, no, that's enough of that. But today what we're talking about is what the source of it is, is when we don't get what we feel like we deserve, what's right for us. That, that's what we're talking about. So in, in context to that, I, I want you to see some things that are going to, I believe, change your life. If you have your Bibles, look at James chapter 3. And if you have a notebook, right, I, I'm going to give you just a few thoughts, but, but I'm going to give you time this week to process what we're talking about so that you can again, as you think about it and process it, because it's not just knowledge, but it's in acting out that knowledge that it becomes wisdom in your life. Here's James, and he's the half-brother of Jesus. He, he's called James the Justice because he's a man of justice. He, he's a man that is, if you've ever read James, would you say that he's a, a soft, easygoing guy? No, he's pretty much, hey, this is it. Deal with it. And so what a better writer to talk about this morning and read out of than James. Because I'm sure James had this same issue that maybe some of us have. In James chapter 3, verse 13, he says this, Who is wise in understanding among you? Now, now before we go on, who is wise in understanding? Because people that are wise in understanding really realize that the past and the present 
are linked to the future. And he's saying, is there, so, so if, if somebody said, who is stupid and doesn't have understanding? None of us would want to raise our hand. But this morning, if somebody said, who's wise and understand? Well, compared to that, me. So here's what he says. In perspective of that, it's very important to realize, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Now, now before we go on, I just want to break this down. In other words, if you believe that you're wise and you have understanding, then, then proof's in the pudding. Come on, let me show or let me see it by the deeds that you do in humility. There is one ability that is standing out in business today, they say more than ever. There, there's a lot of abilities, and we've talked about, you know, being able to do this and be able to, you know, nuts and bolts and good, maybe a mechanic's good with his hands. But in every occupation, you know what one of the leading things now that people are looking for to hire is people with not just um, in intellect, but emotional, it's EQ, emotional quota, that what they are able to do is process and be able to be aware of the surroundings and be able to work with other people. This is what James, I believe, is saying. If you're wise, then show it with your deeds done in humility that, that comes from wisdom. Now, arrogance, I'm going to say this, humility is powerful, but it's not natural. It takes a lot of work to be humble. But arrogance has no really, now again, we're going to go a little bit deeper than how are you today, you know? How's the weather out there? Let's go a little deeper. A person that continually walks in arrogance, have you ever seen somebody, you, sometimes you'll run into somebody and they're, they, you know, they're maybe more than just a big personality, but they're just so arrogant. And you, you look at them and go, <laughs> do you not know that one day you're going to die? You look at them and they, they, you ever go to it? And you're going, James is going, arrogance really, there's no good end to it. Look, look at, he says, but if you harbor, look at this, he says, let you, sh let them show it by their good life by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. But if you harbor, can, can you get a picture of a, a ship that comes into a, a harbor and, and ports in this harbor and stays there? See, see what is being saying? James is saying, if you allow this stuff to get inside of you and get stuck there, what stuff? Envy, selfish ambition in your heart. Don't, don't deny it. Don't get to the price where or to the place where you hear people all the time. That's just me. No, it's not. You've allowed that stuff to harbor, to port in your heart. 
what James is saying is reminding him what God said. All these readers that are going to read this, remember, God is calling you to something better. You're better than that. Come on, you can do it. And then verse 16, there's something about 316 in there. He says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, in other words, where it is rooted in your heart, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Where you find arrogance, there's going to be disorder of every kind. Now, now James, when he says every evil practice, when, when you find that arrogance, when you see that envy and that selfish ambition at work, you're going to find every evil practice. Now, now here's where we're going to go deep because this is this is the point where he starts turning it and, and he really puts it on us. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Wait, wait just a minute. <laughs> Did you say, what causes fights? No, no, James. You, you you did it wrong. It's not what causes fights. It's who causes fights. It's my wife. She gets on my last nerve. It's my husband. He he just. Do you know that he doesn't clean the bathroom ever? It, it's my it's. My, I'm glad that was a man's voice. Somebody already feels the anger coming up. I can't help you until the end of this message you ever said that. So, so the, the solution's coming. It's not a what, James. It's a who. It's my boss. I, I'm going to get him a saddle for Christmas because he's riding me like a horse. If you knew my boss. Somebody didn't take notes all day, but they're, oh, saddle, saddle boss. It's not a what, it's a who. It's my mom. She can't come over without saying, mow your yard. She don't even have a yard. She lives in an apartment. You know what I'm talking about. Well, we're getting to the point where we're saying, who? You don't know my daughter. You don't know my son. They don't listen. Then he comes in with the saying, the statement that just rocks our world. He says this, Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? No, James, they don't. <laughs> if those people would just... See it my way, which is the right way. I, I guarantee you, if we had a line of people here, they would agree with me that you're wrong. And it's not long until this passage comes back to us, and all of a sudden, what we do. Oh, I, I'm sorry. But remember what's in will come out. 
And what we do is when it gets to the point where it's getting uncomfortable and isn't it the evil desires that's in you and I that cause us to, and then we go like this, no, it's not. And we start reflecting and we go, no, it's them. And this isn't the first time that they've done this. Huh? Can I put a little light on you there? Huh? Because it's not me. It's not my evil desires. I want something that's right. And then you, here's James, and and he's saying, no, 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 no. It's your desires that battle within you. They're not giving me what I want. Do, Do you remember the first time that you were the elder? You know, a lot of times we think of an elder as being an older person. You could have been 12 and you were taking care of two six-year-olds, and you were the elder. And they started fighting and arguing and being angry with one another, and you can, good thing I'm here, because <laughs> I can come into this situation. And <sighs> pull up my pants. And now you two behave. It's not what you're arguing about. You listen to me. Get in the other room. Because we realize that it's not necessarily, everybody has an opinion. It's just the fact that they want to argue to get their way. They're right, right? Do you ever remember, if you ever had kids, you were riding in the car one time, and they were in the back seat fighting? Oh, daddy could grow about six inches more of arm when I had to. And I would grab a leg. If I got a hold of a leg, look out. I might wreck the car, but I'm not letting go of the leg. Don't we? And the point is, quit fighting. It's not worth it. You guys are just arguing over something. It's not important, but it was important to both of them. And whatever we begin to argue and fight over, we deflect and we we try to say, no, 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 I know that, I, I no, I'm not saying, but here's what you, see there, you're doing it. And we try to show them what they're doing wrong. And we're trying to convince them and they're trying to convince us and, 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 and it just starts going up our neck and until we turn green and they call us the Hulk. <sighs> and at the end, James, not Paul, but James is saying, really what you're saying is you're angry because, quote, I'm not getting what I want. No, 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 no. I, I I, deserve this. Yeah, I know you did. You deserved it, but really what you're saying is you, you want what you want. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But you know what? They promised and they didn't do what they promised and, and they, so yeah, yeah. But really what you're saying is you, you're not getting what you want. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is it's not fair. I did this and this and this, and they said that they would do that, and they did not do it. So really what you're saying is, you're not getting what you want. Shut up. 
there's some messages that I preach that I've conquered. And then there's other messages that is painful as I'm learning with you. When we get to that place that we are put in a spot to accept, yeah, that's right, that's why I'm mad. I'm, I'm really not getting what I want. Then at that point, at, come on, at the least, the volume can come down. The heat in the room can come down. Because what? You're realizing the part of the pie of the disagreement you take ownership of. The source of the anger isn't out there with that person, that person, that person, but it, it's in here. And that emotion of anger is trying to control our mouth and out of our mouth comes those things that are not, well, they defile us. Things that defile are the things that set themselves up against the way of God. It's hard. Have you ever, ladies, have you ever taken a pot skillet, maybe guys you have, off of the, off of the stove and it's hot? Do you go, wow, look at there. That, that is burning my hand all to pieces here. Oh, oh that's going to leave Mark. They might have to do some skin grabs on that right there. Oh. No. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi. I'm okay. I'm okay. No. Yeah. But that's what we do. If, if you look at anger and really the... The element that really identifies is fire. Why is it that we can't let go? Come on now. I, I hate this because I, I am one if I don't want to. I'm not going to hurry it. I'm not going to cheapen it. Come on. But what we do is we get plugged in so tight that we just wanna, we want a pound of flesh and I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it now. I'm t- you're going to walk off? No, you're not going to do that. You're going to come right back here and I'm going to give you what for. We're not going to let go. No, we're not going to walk away. We're going to stay right here and we're going to fight this out. Let go of the hot pot. Sometimes we need to call a time out. We need to say, you know what? Come on. I can't even see straight. I've argued over things that were not really the problem, but they were the trigger to the problem. Come on now, you got to help me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna point you out. (laughs) People are. It's like you're in an auction. You think you're gonna buy something? (laughs) All right. Think about this. No, we're not going there. That's enough of that. To let it go. If you call a timeout and you go to your room and she goes to her room or you go to your office and he goes to his office or, or the, the, the children, you just, you see, 
I think I need a milkshake. And you get in a car and you go down to wherever. McDonald's. Don't get stuck on where I say. Just go out of the house. Let go of the hot pot. Go down. Go go to, you know, walk outside. Walk around. Don't, don't let your face, because your neighbors are going, what is wrong with them? But just, just kind of get away. Let go of the heat. Here's going to help you, and, and I've done this before, and people go, that, that's kind of crazy, but you know, <laughs> I did it, and it kind of, kind of helps. If you're ever in an argument, and I mean, it's getting hot, and it seems like you can't let go of the hot pot, you know, and you're just, here's what I want you to do. Now, now we're believers, and we're going to another level because we are children of the king. We're, we're princes and princesses and all this good stuff, and we're going to rule the world. The Bible says we're there, and we're all that. So you've got to come on up. When you're in an argument, here, here's what I want you to say to the person. I, I just want to let you know that part of the problem is I'm not getting what I want. That's a showstopper. You can drop your mic, the argument, because the other person is going to go, cray cray. Because nobody admits that. Nobody ever comes to the point of saying, you know what, really the, the, the source of this argument is coming from inside of my heart. And, and if I can identify the reason, part of the problem, yes, you have a right to be upset with broken promises. Some people are, are in the audience right now and they've swung all the way to the extreme to set themselves up against walking in love. Let that go. There is a, a reason to be uh, upset with a broken promise or unfaithfulness or or tragedy or things like that. I'm not talking about Christians being robotic. But unless we get to the place of believing that in the middle of whatever anger that's trying to control us, that we say no! And we admit part of the problem is I'm not getting what I want in this argument. Let me ask you, what is your relationship with anger? See, it's different for the introvert versus the extrovert. See, the extrovert shuts people down. The introvert, what do they do? They begin to shut down themselves. But at the same time, it's the, the silence that is controlling, the moodiness it is really an, an outward behavior of anger. But when we get to the place when we humble ourselves, even though we're not getting our way, when we tell our children, good thing I'm your father because I'm going to make sure that you don't, to a certain extent, God calling himself our father so it's a whole other perspective in our life that we begin to realize that we do need not just to monitor what comes out of our mouth because that's why we're married 
That's why we got a second interview. Because we can monitor it and try to... But if it's on the inside filtering, it's coming for you. And it's coming for the people that are around you. Let me close with this. If God's word nudges us away from that self-centeredness in our life and, and says, this is the way that I want you to go to walk in love, then come on. Is it cheap for somebody just to tell you it and not do it himself? But it so happens that we have a passage in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 that says about Jesus. Paul says, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. You know what I mean? He's Jesus. He's the son of God. He can come into the restaurant and say, I know that I'm a little late, but take those people out of the corner booth. That's my booth. Can somebody tell you, I'm God? You don't know? You better call someone. You better check before you wreck it. Yeah, all that stuff. Attitude. But Jesus, being in the very nature of God, did not take advantage of that, it says. But rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Talk about humility. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. With your father, your mother, your boss, your sister, maybe your roommate, your church mate. Pastor, you don't know what they said. It doesn't matter, does it? Now, as I close this sermon, as we walk in love, we realize that humility has power, but it's not natural. It's something that we work on. But if you're a married couple that's here today that heard this message, you're going to get a chance to try this out. And it might be today. The first person to bring it up is the most humble, the most Christ-like. And gentlemen, the reason why we don't bring it up is because of pride. Don't allow that selfish ambition, that stuff to get down in. Don't, don't let it pour. Don't let it get stuck down inside of you. Oh, Pastor, I'm big. I can handle it. No, you can't. You're, you're deceived in thinking that you can handle it, but it's down deep pulling strings and causing an outward behavior of what's going on on the inside. What's on the inside when you're under pressure and shaking, it's going to come out. You say, well, Pastor, if you just would quit shaking me, it wouldn't come out. No. No. I didn't determine what's on the inside. 
All right, let's pray and we'll go home. Thank you, God, so much for your love and forgiveness in our life. And Father, what we have done yesterday, God, we can be forgiven today. And Father, today's a new day. Father, let us put the past behind us. God, sometimes we have to go back and ask for forgiveness. But God, help us to take your words as very practical things to put into our life and put in motion that God that we would be better because of it that we would live lives that are more fulfilled God that we would see them more productive and God that we would see ourselves in our church as world changers extremely above average not because of what we have said but because of what you have said and we followed you and we thank you for that, God. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, as we end our service, I'm going to encourage you. We're in a place in our church that we have seen things happen over and over. And uh, our, our God is bigger, bigger than any obstacle that we have. I want you to know that. Uh, we have, uh, we've had needs in our church with... Um, different things that have broken and gone wrong, and people have stepped up and said, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. I'll, don't worry about that. We got that. Uh, you know, we, we've done it in, in other ways. I, I just appreciate John Taylor, you know, not only his hot sauce, but willing to do it. Let's give him my hand. You, you know, we're, you know, we're not Mayberry RFD, but Gomer says, hey, you know, anyway. We love doing things together. We enjoy things together. And, and, you know, during this time of, you know, social distancing and everything like that, one thing that we have seen is like John Taylor said, you know what, we have a need. All the lights in the uh, church that are fluorescent, like out in the lobby or in the offices and the nursery and the children's church room, just we've been in the church for 20 years. Isn't that amazing? And, and they're flickering and going... Well, we've got Jeff and a couple of men say, I'll, I'll even change them out, but we need to buy them, which was about 1500 we priced, and we almost got that. But here's another need. Another need is that, as you know, that we have bought and built two buildings on the far uh, west end of our property. Uh, one of them is Axiom Coffee, which it is amazing the favor that God has placed on us in our community. And, and some people have come to our church because of Axiom, and that's the whole purpose of doing it. We're in the people business. Even though we sell coffee down there, we're in the people business. And so anyway, the second building is a retail building. We need a person and a group or two people, two different businesses to lease that building to help pay for the whole payment of the mortgage of, this, of the whole property. Here's what I'm believing, is I believe that when we sow, we will reap. So what I want to do is we, we're, we're this year needing to find two or one business. We've had uh, doctors look at it to lease it. We've, we've had uh, almost every, any business that you think of that has or could has looked at it. But at this point, we have not had somebody to lease it. We even have another 
business today looking at it to lease or part of it. So what I want to do is I want to encourage you. Here's what we're going to do. On February the 14th, does anybody know what February 14th is? You know it. What we're going to do is we're going to sow a seed. We're going to take up an offering and we're going to give it to a ministry. We're going to give it to Alive at Last. Alive at Last is a ministry that Gwen uh, is over. And it's an anti-sex trafficking ministry where she and the, the women, it is amazing how many volunteers that they have that volunteer their time to help women coming out of this industry. It, it's, and I don't have enough time to go into it. We'll allow Gwen to do that. She has no idea that I felt led to do this this morning. But what I want to do is we have a need and we're going to sow a seed believing that in doing that, God again will bring the right. We're not going to move God's hand. Do you understand that? God still loves us. God's got the plan. But what I want to do is in our need financially to meet that need, I want to sow a seed. This is a ministry that we support missionaries that go all over the world. But this is a need that what we're going to do is we're going to take the offering on February 14th and we're going to invest it into another ministry. So I want you to pray about that. Today, as you leave, our ushers are in the back. We're not going to pass the plate. Um, Hopefully, nobody will touch something that will get them infected and all that. So, Homer, don't touch the plate. you got to hold it, but don't touch the plate. But anyway, anyway, anyway. I, I shouldn't make light of that. But at the same time, that's why we don't pass the plate at this time. But don't let that keep you from giving. Amen? Let me pray a blessing over your life. God, today, I pray blessings over the people of the chapel, that God, as we have a desire to walk in the way that you have for us, that God, that you would show us, God, tangible, physical things, God, that you're directing us and guiding us, and Father, the favor of you is on our life, and we thank you for that. God, as we leave today, I pray protection and health on our people, that, Father, that they would see that come upon their lives. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Go today in peace.